paralyzing terror, as in this hair-raising orgy of fatigue. The mouth of the streets to tell their friends how wonderful it is to be scared to death. Hello and welcome to episode 861 of Dread Media. I'm your host, Desmond Reddick, back with you for another great episode. Man, I have been trying to get time to do the podcast all fucking day since I got home from work today, but it is 10 o'clock p.m. as I sit down to record this. I've got a top five and an outro to record and then a whole thing to compile. But let me tell you, this is Thursday night and my patron dreadites are going to have this episode before I go to bed tonight. So if you want to help support the show the best way I know how, head on over to patreon.com slash dread media support the show for as little as a dollar a month you get early episodes you get perks i'm working on perks um i've got a you know the the episode nine of cage dive very soon uh only seven has been released thus far uh, and, and, and also an exclusive, uh, a pod, an episode of, of an exclusive podcast to get to, uh, uh, early next week. So, uh, jump in and, uh, catch up on all the other stuff that's there too. There's, there's tons of perks. Just click on the word perk. You'll get a big list of episodes to go through. Fun. Anyway. Dread uh, patreon.com slash dread media. All right. What's going on this week? This week, Dwayne and I are covering a French erotic horror film, um, that perhaps, uh, missed the mark. Um, but then, uh, I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about, uh, uh, dread media top five erotic horror films that didn't miss the mark. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and we'll play some tunes and we'll get the hell out of here. How about that? Sound good? All right. Uh, anything else I need to say? I don't think so. I don't think so. Hmm. Anyway, let's get right to it then. Uh, we're going to listen to, uh, the great punk band Propagandi. And this is homophobes are just mad because they can't get laid <laughs> by propaganda <laughs> nothing i can say will shake your little mind wish i click and run along you won't be left behind but you're weak Hey! 
Hello, Dwayne. Bonjour, Des. Oh, bonjour. Comment est-ce que <laughs> Wait, wrong language. Ça va bien. There we go. Come see, come see. Yeah. Guten Tag. I think I've reached the limit of my, my language now. Fair, fair. Not English. <laughs> uh, well, what are we here to talk about today? Uh we are here to talk about third-rate gay porn. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, but more specifically, we're talking about a movie that's about that. And it's also a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, I, I don't know. Do you remember enough of the plot to... Uh, sure. Okay, well, I'm going to let you go. After I've teased about, you know... All that other stuff, then right. yeah, bring it home there. <laughs> Although I gotta say, I, I think this is my first time realizing this actually takes place in 1979. Yeah, actually, it's a good point. It's funny because <laughs> I don't actually remember thinking about this as a period piece at all when I was watching it. No, I mean, there's no it's a little strange like mobile phones and stuff, but beyond that, actually, right. yeah. Hmm. What we're talking about is Knife Plus Heart, uh, original title. Une couteau dans le cul, which means a knife in the heart. Um, in this one, we have uh, two women. Anna, or Anne, is, I guess, the director. And then Lois is the editor. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I would say, like, and, and I think they kind of often call it like a producer, but basically it's his director who financially backs the movies or puts them together or right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. She's a producer. It says, it says that right in the fucking, uh, premise. Uh, so yeah, so she's a producer and they're making gay porn and, um, ba- I mean, basically they're having a bit of a relationship, uh, fuck up or something. They're on the opposite yeah. ends of, of feelings about each other. Uh, meanwhile, um, people involved with their film productions end up getting uh, horribly massacred um, in uh, mostly like creepy sexual ways. Yeah. And there is a, so there is a masked killer that is out there uh, killing gay men basically. Right. And that's basically yeah, it's, it. It's yeah. Basically, and there's, they're yeah. still trying to make the movies. Uh, Anna's still trying to get back with Lois. Lois is all business. Just wants to edit the movies, wants to get away from Anna. And then there's this sort of mass killer going around, killing the men that they work with. In Paris yes. in 1979, apparently. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are your What are your thoughts on this? You You recommended this. I'd never even heard of it before. Uh, yeah. Before no, I it. I hadn't heard of it really. I just kind of saw the um, description on. Uh, well, I'm just going to read this the description on Shutter. Sure. Is uh, uh, you know Paris summer 1979 and produces third rate gay porn uh, <laughs> when one of her actors is brutally murdered and it's. Um, She's caught up in a strange investigation that turns her life upside down. 
Uh, Knife and Heart is a ultra stylish and blood soaked ode to 1970s era De Palma, Argento, and Friedkin, shot on 35mm and featuring a killer retro score from M83. So I just kind of thought, I hadn't seen anything, I just saw the poster, uh, and I heard, saw French, um, you know, Argento, Friedkin, De Palma, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> And then, but then I kind of, as soon as I started to watch the movie, I was like, I don't think I should listen to those things anymore. Like, <laughs> next time I see a description of a new movie that says and has something to do with like some of those directors, I'm going to be a little more skeptical. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, but at the very least, I thought oh, it'll be maybe a bit of a, just something different, just because it's, um, well, basically deals with the world of, of uh, low budget gay porn, yeah. so it's just kind of different, you know, thing you don't see every day uh, for a horror movie. Um, and uh, uh, I, oh boy, hmm. I think, huh? Okay, <laughs> I think that it was actually kind of fun um, at times, and actually kind of a little sweet almost at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time. Um, some of it I just found kind of wasn't for me, and I don't even mean like the the you know <laughs> the, kind of the wacky the, gay, the gay porn, gay part, sex? Yeah. but just like I think there was some kind of emotional <laughs> stuff going on that was just not quite uh, like I just didn't quite relate to, and I don't even mean like specifically sexuality. I just mean um, maybe it's because they're French. I don't know, but they just seem like it. Just seems like everybody is so friggin' emotional about everything. Yeah, we don't uh, really like, get. Point, like, we don't I'm get like, the story of Anne and Lois, other than Lois no, doesn't want to be around Anne very much, and it it really yeah. just sets up the sort of like fake premise of of why they yeah. can't really be together in a lot of scenes or something. Yeah, like I I thought Lois was actually going to be the protagonist. For Same, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I've heard that even, but. Um, yeah, because like yes. Anne is kind of an uh, interesting, <laughs> desperate kind of character who is just, uh, I mean, you know, it's one thing to say someone's flawed, but it's another just to kind of be like, they're kind of just annoying to be around. Like, I don't really, right. anyway. Um, so yeah. And, and that, I think at first when I was watching it, um, I was thinking, you know, uh, I mean, definitely there's some, some gore and everything, so I'm not saying there isn't. Um, like, I guess we'll say, uh, simulated sexual violence. But, yeah. uh, at the same time, after watching another movie reviewed, I was like, no, this is pretty much almost a horror comedy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, there's also a very, like, I'm not even sure if we, I don't even know if you understood it fully. I'm not sure if I did. Like, there's this kind of backstory, like, to explain the killer and, uh, I yeah. don't even, I don't know what to say about that even, so. Same. I, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on there. <laughs> like, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> he got burned on a prior movie set? Is that right? Uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was like he and his lover got burned by like the dad starting it on fire, but then was like an actor huh. with that true? Yeah. I, I don't know. know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think <laughs> I think by the time they start introducing that backstory, I was already yeah. pretty checked out. Yeah. Um, so this movie's got a lot going for it. Yeah, I I would say that I like I like the tone of the movie. Uh, for the uh, for the parts that aren't the the gay sex stuff. 
Right. And right. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But yeah. like the sleazy colored nightclub stuff worked for me. Right. That's oh, yeah. where, you know, you're seeing De Palma, you're seeing Argento, the colors. It's really fantastic. That, that really worked for me. Um, mm-hmm. honestly, like here I am going to come, here I am going to, I'm going to complain about, uh, how the gay porn wasn't realistic enough, but, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I don't watch gay porn. I'll, I'll, I'll lead with that. Uh, I have listened to some of it through the Distorted View podcast. Um, so I guess in some ways it, it can be corny, but I just felt like, I don't know, I felt like the gay porn scenes were, were extremely corny and maybe played for laughs. Right. Which maybe wouldn't have been such a problem if they weren't so long. Right, which, which, yeah. which gets to another issue I have with this movie. This movie could easily be a half an hour shorter. I don't know if you if you agree with that, but what was it like for about me, one seventeen or something, or what? How long was it anyway? It's no. um, yeah, an hour and forty two minutes. So here I am oh, saying yeah, here I am saying yeah. it should have been seventy, but like I found myself being like. Uh, you know, like, like, I, yeah, I, I watched it. I, I spent much of the last week sick, uh, and right. home and home from work. So I definitely like watched this at like, I don't know, nine thirty a.m. on like Thursday morning or something. So yeah. I'd be pausing to go get myself another tea. Yeah, and I and I'd pause it and I'd be like, oh my god, it's only been forty minutes. Or like, there's still a half an hour left. You know, like I had those vibes three or four times mm-hmm. <laughs> during yeah. this movie, which are all about the length of the movie. Um, so I think this this movie overplays a lot of its stocking. Does that make sense when I say that? Like, there's a lot of people going from here to there, and they're being followed. Oh yeah, yeah, that that kind of thing, or they're being watched or whatever. There's just so much of that, too much, mm-hmm. way too much. Like, come on, like we know it's happening. Do one shot from the bushes, you know. Do one shot from around the corner, and just to remind us, you know, that's all you need to do. You don't need to draw every scene out for so long that, like, by the end of the scene, I don't care what happens in it as long as it ends. It just seemed very, very weird to me. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe it's a French thing. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the set they were working on. They just wanted to let things breathe and whatever. And, hey, let's have fun filming this fake gay porn, uh, you know, and and perhaps forgot about, I don't know, making a more direct film. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then, like, I don't know. And, like, was the identity of the killer supposed to be, like, shocking or a swerve or I don't know? Like, how, how so? Um, Like, did they even mention that happening in the movie up until that happened? mm, Was I not paying attention? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't. um, Oh, I guess I did know. (laughs) Here's a note. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Here's a note from my my letterbox review. I guess I did know it was set in 1979. Uh, quote: 
Also, you know it's set in France in 1979 because someone is nostalgic about the smell of the metro. Let me tell you, friends. I have been to Paris. And I have been in a metro station, on a metro train, and there's one thing you don't miss is the smell. Oh, man. I'm not. <laughs> I don't think I convinced me. Honestly, wow. out of all the places I visited, I would not want to go back to Paris. It was filthy, busy, gross. Yep. Oh, I know. No, no offense, Parisians, but I don't know. They they take offense at my existing because I'm Canadian and I my my French is bullshit to them anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think like there is a point, but I don't know if it's like maybe not until halfway through the movie or something. There's a because it's during the point where. Um, was it Anne? Like she gets a feather, and then right, and then like brings it to someone, and then they find. Oh, right, it's the only, it's the only place where uh, this one bird, the white-eyed grackle, it should be extinct, but it's said to have lived in this one forest, and blah blah blah. So then she goes and asks someone else, and asks someone else, and then asks someone else, and then goes to a graveyard, and then <laughs> right, yeah, and then it yeah. somehow gets tied in with that thing. So uh, like right. With, yeah, another right. That, right. That's a thing that happens in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> so. It's like the worst part of a giallo is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that part right there? Yeah, uh, I yeah, just yeah. realized. You oh. know, like if it was tighter, you know, if it was yeah. eighty minutes long, even like it could be, you know, sort of a, a standout amongst, you know, neo giallo or whatever we're calling it, you know. These sort of like Jalo throwbacks. It could have done it, like the colors and stuff. You know, yeah. I like that the it like looks the, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. Like, like you know, and and the yeah. actors, they look like real people. You know, like I yeah. appre- I appreciated yeah. that. You know, even um, you know, our leads. They're obviously both you know very beautiful women, uh, right. but you know, there's there's a realism to them. I think. Uh, yeah, like they're and, tired. They're working on projects. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. Drink in there, you know. Yeah, uh, Anna is played by Vanessa Paradis, um, right. who is a like a pop star slash model slash actress. She's like a, I guess, like a big deal over there. Yeah, that's right. I've heard the name, but I didn't really. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder what people think of her and this project in France. So let's like looking at this here. This movie came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. She has had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, um, eleven entries in IMDb since then. Like she's she's working, and that's that's uh, movies, television, and music videos. Right. TV movie here, yeah. So that's that's kind of interesting. Um, I've seen her in something. I can't tell you what it is. Oh, apparently she's in Yoga Hosers. Which I would not have guessed. I haven't seen it. Don't plan to. Yeah, I can't really find... There's a lot of music videos here. Jesus. There's a lot of entries on IMDb that start with, you know, Vanessa Paradis and then uh, colon... And then, uh, clearly, a title of a song. Oh, right, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I guess maybe I haven't seen her in anything. Hmm. Anyway, um, she just looks familiar, I guess. But I would have sworn I saw her in some, like, French detective TV show for some reason. But gapping out on that one. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, clearly she's a big deal in some aspects. So this, this might seem like a bit of a shocking film. But again, it's France, so maybe not. <laughs> right? Like, okay, uh, let's say, um, okay, Alanis Morissette. I would say that Alanis Morissette and Vanessa Paradis are probably about the same age. Uh, what would we say if Alanis Morissette was in this movie about, you know, violent sexual murder and, and gay porn? Hmm. I mean, well, probably not. Like, it probably wouldn't be that shocking, but I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting that she's this sort of this pop star doing this and not like, um, you know, just like, like a, just a struggling actor or so, you know, but I mean, like yeah. we, we watch these movies and for the most part, these horror movies that we watch, whether they are American or any variety of, you know, place around the world are generally cast with unknowns, right? Just based on the budgets of these movies alone. Yeah. Right. We've talked about movies today, but we haven't really mentioned any movie stars other than Christopher Lloyd, Mm -hmm. right? This is the, is this the fifth movie? No, this is the fourth movie we're talking about today. And I guess, okay, well, I mean, you know, the cast of the Dunwich Horror, you know, that's, you know, just a bunch of character actors and Sandra D. You know what I mean? Like, it's really weird because these horror movies will tend to have less frequently known people because because of the budget and because of the content, too. Yeah. A lot of people associated. Yeah. A lot of people who become serious actors refuse to do a horror film. You know, your Jennifer Aniston's, your Brad Pitt's, you know, like <laughs> people who all started in, you know, in horror films, you know, move beyond it. You know, at least uh, Kevin Bacon came back a little bit, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's just interesting that she is this sort of like big pop star model actress kind of thing. And she is in this she movie. Like- oh, shit. She's like a former wife of Johnny Depp or... Oh, right. She has children with Johnny Depp, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's why she's in Yoga Hosers. That makes sense. Oh, okay. Because her daughter is one of the leads, right? Kevin, oh. Kevin Smith's daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. Is that right? Yeah. Like, okay. are they, yeah. I've still, you've seen it, I think, haven't you? No, I, feel, I haven't, but I just oh. know of. Like, I yeah, know okay. Yeah. yeah, for some reason I thought you did like a solo review for the podcast of it, but I guess not. That was only 2016. So hold on, that is, those girls are Colleen Collette? Oh no, okay, <laughs> that's the character name. Lily Rose Depp and Harley Quinn Smith are the two leads of that movie. Right. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, th- there we go, we just connected the dots on that one. Hmm. hmm. That's more, in- that's more interesting than the movie. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it is. So yeah, maybe maybe this is supposed to be kind of like a um, I don't want to say the equivalent of Kevin Smith, but like uh I don't know. Um I don't know. And, yeah. And, and that director, I've actually I've definitely seen that 
that director's name before. Jan Gonzalez? Jan Gonzalez? We've covered something. Haven't so, we? It's huh. like Jan's probably short for Yannick, right? And, um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay, well, I guess not. I'm looking at his films and I don't see... Oh, wait. That's under writer. It's under director. Yeah, nothing. He won a... Well, I don't know what the... The Prix Jean Vigo in 2018 for this film, so... <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's actually... Oh, wait. Fuck. He's actually a member of the group? What, M83? Hmm. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That is interesting. No, I okay. do not recognize any of the movies, though. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Very weird. Okay. The name is very familiar, though. Very strange. Yeah, anyway. Weird. Yeah, what a weird movie. I mean, we're, clearly we're finding things to talk about that have less and less to do with the movie. Because, look, these Jalo these yeah. are so simple. Yes. Right? And yeah. and for me, personally, the best Jalo, the best Jali films are yeah. are the simplest ones. Torso, right? Yep. Simple, simple. Have a dude in a mask stalking some sexy ladies and then blow our minds with a ridiculous reveal at the end. Who cares? But keep it simple. When you have all these things, she she's going to a temple in the woods with a feather. Like, what the fuck are we doing? You know? <laughs> know. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> what, like, what kind of movie are you trying to make? Make Make the movie you're trying to make. Get sleazy with the gay porn. Like, I, I, my complaint is that the gay porn goes on too long, and it's ridiculous. Like, it's it's played for comedy for the most right, part, right. right? Like that, yeah, that like so, that, yeah. like even the characters are laughing. Um, in that thing, uh, the interrogation scene, right? Right. Yeah. Like, even, like- so here's thing. Something we didn't bring up in the in the review of the film is that. Members of this crew are being killed, and Anna is like using that story to build a porn film around it. Yeah, like the next movie kind of thing. Yeah, like there was what was it like homicide? <laughs> right, um, homicide. Yes, <laughs> anal rampage. No, wait, no, anal rampage. Anal, called, yeah, I think something. I think anal something, anal something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, aye, aye, aye. yeah so. And and the people don't seem that bothered. There's like one guy who's like, "Hey, you know, we just lost so and so or whatever." Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It just it, it's we it's weird. It's weird. It is. I don't know. All right. Anything else to say about this one? No. Okay. It's too long, and that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is what I was referring to as being too long in a in a previous review. I was Oof, like, yeah, like I just didn't think it was ever going to end. And then but I was still, like, what? Is this- you know what? If it's let's say it's nine thirty at night and I want to watch a movie, right? And I start flicking around on the streaming services, something that's a hundred minutes long is not out of the question. No, no, because so many movies these days are two hours plus. Yes. Right. So to find something under two hours by twenty minutes, it's kind of a rarity at times. Mm-hmm. So this would but. be something I would choose to watch based on length, but <laughs> it doesn't so even it doesn't is. even yes. earn that length. <laughs> yes. Right. No. 
Like it's like you, your movie can be, your movie should be as long as it needs to be. Right. Maybe this is a simplification. If you feel, you know, like, okay, it's like flowers of the killer moon. If you feel that it needs to be three hours and 14 minutes or whatever the length of that movie is, then, then do it. Um, you know, if you feel like your slasher movie would be more effective at 68 minutes than 80 minutes, do it. But, you know, for me, a movie has to earn its runtime. And I know people think that I complain about the length of movies. One of my favorite movies is Hard to Be a God. It's closing in on three hours. Okay. But that movie gives me enough shit to look at over that period of time where I don't get bored. That's what I'm saying. Earn your yeah. run, earn your runtime. And this movie, woof, this is like 30 minutes shy of earning the runtime, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's pretty rough for a movie that's like, you know, a hundred minutes. <laughs> it's just frustrating. These, these lengthy scenes of bad comedy during what is supposed to be gay porn. Right. And right. then, you know, I imagine there's some bad comedy in gay porn because there's some bad comedy in straight porn too. But at some point, the comedy stops, right? <laughs> I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I skip all those parts. Anyway. But no. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's just, it's it's goofy. And then, okay, make it goofy, but make it quick. You know what I mean? They, they, they make it goofy, and then they, like, revel in it. And it's like, where is this going and then, and then, of course, there's all the walking around, whether they're walking down the street, walking in a nightclub, walking in a forest by a pyramid, holding a feather. I don't know. There's a lot of walking around and not a lot of doing happening in this movie. So that's why it earns a two out of five for me. Uh, I, I can appreciate the erotic giallo. You know what I mean? Like there's this oh, movie, yeah. this movie actually shares some other stuff with, uh, Sister of Ursula, another erotic giallo. I'm not going to tell you what it shares with that movie because that would be a spoiler. <laughs> so if you've seen either one, well, if you've seen Sister of Ursula, you probably know what I'm talking about. But I am going to, yeah, I'm just going to go two as yeah. well. It's just, just that I don't even know, is it supposed to be comedy? Is it not? Cause there is some pretty like, I think fairly serious, like drama parts. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Like some real, like some real, like terror and tears and, 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 you know, like even just like a, like a relationship gone bad, you know, she's drinking a lot and the other one is really upset and crying. There's no, yeah, yeah, there's no listing. uh, There shouldn't be, but the listings on IMDb are drama, horror, mystery, which I think is, I think that's pretty like general for how, um, yeah. what, 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 like a giallo would be considered a drama, a horror, yeah, a mystery, like a, right? Like a almost movie or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. It's just, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So yeah. the brother of Jan Gonzalez, uh, is the, is the composer of M83. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not Jan. Yeah. It's his brother. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Hiram, but yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. probably. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, this movie 
had the right idea, you know, like, like I'm trying to say why I'm giving it a two. It had the right idea. Right. Um, it just, it, for me, it just fumbled the delivery so much, like almost every way, mm-hmm. you know, the, I think one of, if not my favorite scene in the movie is when, uh, she's chasing, is it Lois? Anna's chasing, Anne uh, is chasing Lois, the, the editor. Yeah. And yeah. like th- through the rain and then like. Like Lois is like, no, fuck you. I want to get away from you. And then Anna's like, no, you know, like super toxic relationship stuff. And then like, and then she like pushes her up against the wall and just like starts like choking her a little bit. Um, and then, and then you see in the background, the killer is watching them. And I was like, yeah, it's so fucking great. And then, and then it's, and the killer's just not watching them, you know, like it just stops. And I'm like, damn, like that's the most visually compelling thing I've seen in this whole movie. And they just, it just like, they let it, you know, blow away like a fart in the wind. It's just weird. It's weird. It is. Like they, they don't capitalize on the good stuff and they just really focus on some trash, you know, (laughs) like this bad comedy, long scenes of people dancing in a nightclub. Yes. Oh gay, yeah. Gay people go to nightclubs. We know. We don't need, we don't need scene after scene after scene after, you know, it's just, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. There is, but there uh, is, there is like a little tiny seed of a great idea here. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess I, the only way I'd recommend it is if this, any of this sounds kind of interesting to someone like, you know, maybe give it a sh- shot, I guess if like, I don't know, um, like just the premise or something, but, uh, yeah, no, I'll, I don't, I think I'm going to try to erase this from my memory actually. Yeah. So. There's, there's plenty <laughs> of like neo giallo movies that are better than this. Movies, oh yeah. Totally. Movies that are trying and even movies that really seem like they're really trying are still better than this one. Yeah. Like I said, overly long and it's overly long in all the wrong places. So Again, it's difficult, difficult to say that without laughing when you're talking about a movie that features gay porn. But here we are. Yeah. Here we are having talked about this one for half an hour. <laughs> Dwayne, let's get out of here. Um, so. I'm going to play uh, a Canadian. I don't even know what these guys would be considered. A Canadian joke metal band, I guess. They're from Vancouver. Um, it's some guys that were in Strapping Young Lad. The band is called Zimmer's Hole. And, and this song is titled Satan is a Gay Porno Star by Zimmer's Hole. Thanks, Dwayne. You're welcome. <laughs>
we're back for another <clears throat> Dread Media Top 5. That's right, another Dread Media Top 5. This time, we're talking about Dread Media Top 5 erotic horror films that don't miss the mark. I'm going to start with number 5, another movie uh, that I talked about with Dwayne not too long ago. I feel like a year ago. I feel like it was recorded in this office that I have now. So probably about a year ago. Definitely within two years. I'm talking about Trouble Every Day. This is an early entry in the new French extremity movement, uh, directed, well, written and directed by Claire Denis. In this one, uh, Vincent Gallo is fascinated with, uh, Beatrice, Beatrice, I don't know how you, is it Beatrice Dahl? Beatrice Dahl? Uh, and yeah, Beatrice Dahl is, uh, you know, I, just a, f- just an absolutely alluring, fascinating looking woman. She's the, she's the woman who's, uh, attacking in, inside or à l'intérieur or whatever it is in French. Um, yeah, she's amazing. And so yeah, Vincent Gallo, uh, has these urges, you see. And, uh, he's going to travel to see a doctor who is perhaps specializing in people with these urges because the doctor has locked his wife up, but his wife keeps escaping and then having sex with dudes and killing them. And then because he doesn't want her to go away, he basically just, you know, like helps dispose of the bodies when he catches up with her. Anyway, uh, Vincent Gallo has those same, uh, same urges and, uh, hey, guess what happens when he runs into her? Very interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, troubling, but also, yeah, like there's like a, like a weird sexiness to this one. Trouble every day. Uh, number four, uh, it should be pretty obvious. It's, it's a, it's a, here we, I mean, you, you can't have the top five erotic horror, um, films without this director's name. I'm talking about, uh, Jesus Franco or Jess Frank, Jess Franco. I'm talking about Vampiros Lesbos from 1971. Uh, look, this movie's score is rad. I listen, (laughs) I listen to the score quite frequently. (laughs) I've seen the movie once, but I listen to the score quite frequently. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, this is just, you know, this is like, uh, uh, fuck. Carmilla. Is that what it's called? By, uh, LeFanu, Sheridan LeFanu. Uh, yeah, it's sort of a, a sort of riff, a riff on, on this, uh, vamp, uh, you know, this woman vampire, uh, you know, like dominates this human woman and like takes control of her. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Number three, fascination. Uh, another, another name that should, uh, find itself on the list of best erotic horror, Jean Roland. Um, this, it's funny because, uh, oh, I can't even remember the, the parent company. Was it Kino? 
Yeah, that's right. The Kino Redemption films. But it wasn't through Kino. It was through Redemption Films, but I guess, yeah, they just, they sent me all those. Look, I, I feel like I, I reviewed, I don't know, five Jean Roland films and two other Redemption Films releases not directed by him, maybe, in the span of like three months. They sent me a lot of shit. And they also sent me this one, but I don't think I ever got around to reviewing it. And, um, you know, while others, from Jean Roland, like the naked vampire or the nude vampire is how what it is. Uh, just, you know, pure like art film as well, but also, ay ay ay. Um, fascination just seems to have like this more, uh, I just, I guess just, just a gothic vibe. It's about this, uh, thief that, you know, goes to hide out and runs into a house where, uh, there's two, two women that are, you know, very, you know, sus as the kids say. So there you go. (laughs) Hey, I guess you could include like knock, knock or something on this list and, uh, death game. I think Dwayne and I are going to talk, are going to review uh death game coming up soon too. Cause it feels like we should, you know, anyway, number two, La Bête or The Beast. I don't know. Don't don't judge my French accent, please. So I guess this is a French film, but it's it's written and directed by Valerian Bar- Borowitsk, who is not French. Uh, Polish. He's Polish. I mean, perhaps he lived in France at the time. That would make sense. Um, yeah, this is. Sort of like the beauty and the beast, sort of, uh, familiar, familial curse. Christ, what's the name of that, uh, full moon movie with Sherilyn Fenn? Is it Equinox? Is that what it is? With like the sexy wolf man? <laughs> That's kind of like what this one is, except the wolf man's not sexy at all. The wolf man's actually kind of fucking terrifying. Um, yeah, like not recommending this to everybody. Uh, uh, this one's a bit of a roughie. That's number two. Number, number one is perhaps the most fascinating, uh, also includes the most, uh, violence perhaps, I think, which is saying something when you're talking about trouble every day. Uh, I'm talking about, uh, this is another Polish film, right? This is a Polish film. Yeah, French, Polish, and Swiss, but the language is Polish. I'm talking about, uh, I, f- I think it'd be, pron- it's pronounced Chemenka. S-Z-A-M-A-N-K-A. Uh, this is, uh, you know, sort of like an erotic thriller from Andrzej Zalowski. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he directed, uh, uh, Possession. Um, which I guess you could also sort of consider, a, well, I mean, yeah, there's nothing really erotic about possession. It's definitely like cosmic horror or something, but like, you know, sort of on the edge. And then she's having sex with the alien sex god thing or whatever it is. <laughs> anyway, that's a different movie. Yeah, this one is more like, uh, um, sort of, uh, a guy meets 
a woman outside of his marriage, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things sort of get heated, but he tries to shut it down. But then maybe things don't go so well. You know, it's not the most original, uh, you know, theme, plot, whatever. But Zalowski really makes something out of this and makes it an absolutely shocking film, uh, as he always seems to do. Um, what a master. But, uh, yeah, so there, that's my number one, Chamanka. Chamanka. <laughs> I don't know. That's what am I putting in? A, am I putting an Italian accent on it, on a Polish word? Oh, my God. Forgive me, everybody. All of Europe, forgive me. Anyway, that's my uh, Dread Media Top 5 this week. Let's get out of here with uh, a song that's actually named after another erotic horror film, but this does not deserve being on the list and does not deserve to be watched. I'm talking about... um Erotic Nights of the Living Dead. And this is a song by the French master of synthwave. I'm talking about Ghost. And I'm not talking about the, the Swedish, uh, uh, sort of like theatrical metal band Ghost. I'm talking about Ghost, G-O-S-T. This is, uh, some instrumental synthwave. Erotic Nights of the Living Dead.
And that is us, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did putting it together for you. And if you did, you can support the show in the best way I know how. And that's by going to patreon.com slash dread media. You can support us there for as little as a dollar a month. Hey, you can also like just send a PayPal donation through the, the website dreadmedia.com. But also you could just like sign up for a month of the Patreon for the $20 donation you want to give and then cancel after you check some perks out. That's also cool as well. So I don't know, whatever you want to do. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> well, welcome to what? We're getting out of here. <laughs> you want to let me know what you thought of the episode? Dreadmediapodcast at gmail.com. I'm on the Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Blue Sky as Dread Media. You can find me in all three places. Uh, there's a Facebook group, just Dread Media on Facebook. I'm very easy to find uh, at Devil Dinosaur Jr. on Twitter for Dwayne as well. I don't know if he's using it. I don't know if he's using it, but he's there, and I link him every time uh, we put an, we put an episode up there. <laughs> but follow him anyway. I need a haircut. Holy shit! God damn! All right, look at that. I'm finishing the outro here. Uh, six minutes to eleven. Not going to be up too late. I'm going to play a song. There's a whole lot of French that came up. French films. Uh, you know, the feature review, Knife Plus Heart. That's a French movie. Uh, a couple of uh, of my uh, films in the uh, Dread Media Top 5 and other films mentioned uh, in that rundown are French as well. So I'm going to play a band. I don't think they're French. They might be French. I don't. I didn't even consider that. But they do have a French name. They're Nouvelle Vogue. I always thought these people were British, but it makes sense that they'd be French, I guess. I don't know. They just, they're like basically a cover band, but they do like these really like sort of like, uh, smoky martini bar style jazz renditions of them. So this is Nouvelle Vogue and their rendition of Love Will Tear Us Apart. Take care of yourselves. Take care of others. And we'll see you in the next week. Bring her to Nibbert Heart And ambitions are alone And his center was right But emotions hard go a chance arise, take a different road, then love, love it
That as weird for you as it was for me? (laughs) 